Welcome back to Bankruptcy 101. I'm your host, bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft, and this is our podcast where I give you some of the basics about filing bankruptcy to help you better understand how the bankruptcy process works, what it can do for you, and some of the other effects it could have on you. Now, in this episode, we are going to be talking more about administering your Chapter 7 case. So we are assuming that there's a Chapter 7 that's been filed and there are assets to be distributed to creditors. So the first thing that's going to happen when you file your Chapter 7 is that the Chapter 7 trustee is going to have to make a determination as to whether this is an asset case or a no-asset case. And we talked more about that in one of the earlier episodes But most Chapter 7 cases that are filed are no-asset cases, meaning there really just isn't anything that you have that a trustee believes he or she can go after and get to to make it worthwhile to the creditors or to the trustee. But if it's an asset case, that's a different story. Now, in order for it to be an asset case, there's got to be enough money in it for the trustee in order for that trustee to start taking property of yours. There has to be enough to pay creditors some money. And maybe more importantly, from a trustee's perspective, there's got to be enough money to pay the trustee and the trustee's attorney their fees for administering the estate. If there isn't enough money to do that, the trustee will likely abandon the estate and then your case will be closed pretty quickly. For example, let's say you really don't have much. You've got $250 in the bank, and maybe you've got a car that's paid for, and that car's worth $3,000. Now, if your state has an automobile exemption that is more than the value of that car, in this example, it's $3,000, a trustee is going to likely abandon the estate because there's just nothing there for the trustee to take. If the car is exempt, and all that's left is a couple hundred dollars in a bank account, that's not enough to make it worth the trustee's while. But let's use that same situation, and we'll change the numbers a little bit. You still have a couple hundred dollars in the bank, but let's change the value of that car to $8,000. Let's say that the state you live in gives you an automobile exemption amount of $5,000. Well, now we've got an asset case. Now the trustee can take that car, sell it at auction for $8,000, give you your $5,000 exemption amount, and there's still $3,000 of equity left for the trustee to pay him or herself and the creditors. So not only is the trustee going to take your car and sell it in that situation, but he or she is also going to want the money that's in that bank account. And it doesn't matter how much it is. You could have $87.33 in that account. If the money is not exempt, then the trustee wants the car and your $87.33. So think of it like this. If the trustee can get to anything, then the trustee wants everything that he or she can get to. Okay, so we have talked about what an asset case is. Now let's talk about how all of that works or how your bankruptcy estate is administered by the Chapter 7 trustee once that trustee has determined that there's going to be assets. This is all going to come down to the value of your assets. There has to be value in something beyond your exemption amounts in order to make it worth the trustee's time and effort. So that begs the question, how do we value our assets? Well, first, 
you are the one that will initially value those assets. You'll be filing statements and schedules in your bankruptcy, and on those statements and schedules, you'll be listing the value of every asset that you have. Now, wouldn't it be awesome if that was the end of the discussion? But it's not. A trustee isn't always going to take your word for it when it comes to valuing your assets. So, for example, maybe you think your car is worth $3,000. The trustee is going to ask you how you arrived at that value. Maybe you booked it out on Kelly Blue Book. Maybe you used the NADA. Or maybe you're a car salesman and you've got good information about how much that car is worth. Well, a trustee might take you at your word in a situation like that. But they don't have to. A trustee has every right to question you on the values and to get a value independent of your value. So they won't necessarily take your word on value just because you said you know what that item is worth. Now, here's an example for you. Let's say you value your house at $300,000. You owe $250,000 on the mortgage. So there's $50,000 of equity there. And it just so happens that the state you live in gives you a homestead exemption of $50,000. Well, now your house should be safe, right? Well, if all of those numbers are accurate, yes, your house is safe. But let's say you're not sure. Let's say you provided to the trustee some proof of the value, but the only thing you provided to the trustee was maybe your county property tax assessment. Well, that may not be enough for the trustee. The trustee might say, I want more information. And so what do they do? The trustee sends a real estate agent out to your house to look at it. And they may pull a comparative market analysis to see what the houses are like in your area, what they're selling for in your neighborhood. And if that agent comes back to the trustee and says, hey, I know that debtor said the house was worth 300000 but I'm positive I could sell it for 380000 Well, guess what just happened? In all likelihood, you've just lost your house. The trustee is going to list that house for sale and start taking offers. That's how they know the value. Now, maybe you were right. Maybe the highest offer they get is $300,000. you are safe. But it's not worth the roll of the dice because if a real estate agent comes back and says, I can sell it for a lot more, you need to be worried about that. And the same goes for cars, jewelry, or whatever. The trustee is going to want accurate values in order to determine whether your case is an asset case or a no-asset case. They may have you take that car down to an appraiser, an auctioneer, or take that jewelry into a jewelry store and get an appraisal on it. Whatever it is, the trustee wants accuracy so that they can make an accurate determination. This is why it is so important for you to be as accurate and honest as possible when you're giving your attorney the value of your assets. And on your statements and schedules... You are honest and upfront as you can be when you file those statements and schedules with the court. Make sure you tell your attorney about everything you own and make sure you tell your attorney what you think the value of it is. If you've got assets that you'd lose in a chapter seven, I might still be able to keep those assets for you in a 13, but only if I know that information ahead of time. But it's crucial that you tell me everything about those items and the value of those things in order for me to protect them for you. Okay, so let's say the trustee has now determined that there are assets in this case to be turned over to the trustee. What can you do about that? Your options at that point are fairly limited, but there are a few options. 
First of all, the trustee might allow you to buy back assets from the estate rather than turn them over. For example, that car that you thought was worth $3,000, we find out it's actually worth $4,000. And your automobile exemption in your state is only $3,000. So now we've got $1,000 of unexempt equity in a vehicle. Rather than turn your car over to the trustee, the trustee might negotiate with you or your attorney to allow you to keep the car. You may be able to keep the car, but you'll have to pay that extra $1,000 in equity over to a trustee rather than turn over the car. The problem with that is usually coming up with whatever difference that is. Remember, you just filed bankruptcy because you don't have the money that you need. And now you've got to come up with a difference. So it usually comes down to borrowing money from mom or dad or taking a cash advance uh, from work, uh, payroll advance, things like that. Now, if you can't come up with that money, your next option is to turn it over to the trustee. Maybe that's a good option. Let the trustee sell that asset, give you back any exempt amount that you have coming, and then you can use that money however you want because it was exempt. Sometimes neither of those are options. If neither of them are an option for you because you can't lose your car, you can't afford to lose that car, and you can't come up with the money for the trustee to pay the difference, you may be able to convert your Chapter 7 case to a Chapter 13 case where you keep your assets and you pay back to your creditors the value of those assets. Now, this is usually the most difficult and expensive option Sometimes, So make sure you're really working closely with your attorney to come up with the best solution for you if you find yourself in a situation where the trustee is demanding turnover of an asset and you really don't want to turn that asset over. But let's assume that you've had to turn the assets over to the trustee. So what happens after the trustee has taken those assets? Usually, the trustee is going to sell those assets at an auction. Whether it's an in-person auction or an online auction, they're going to sell them and take the money. Then the trustee is going to notify your creditors that he or she has money to distribute in the case to creditors. And the trustee is going to give those creditors a deadline to file a claim. Now, if the creditors don't file a claim in the case, they get nothing. But if they do file a claim, the trustee is going to look at all of those claims and start distributing money to legitimate claims on a pro rata basis. Now, in this episode, I'm not going to go into what a pro rata basis means, but suffice it to say, in that situation, the creditors are going to get some money. It's usually pennies on the dollar, but they are going to get some money. And the trustee will then pay administrative costs and ask the court to close your case. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts about how a Chapter 7 case is administered. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. If you have more questions about how your bankruptcy estate is going to be administered or anything else we've talked about on this episode, reach out to a bankruptcy attorney in your area. If you're in the state of Utah, please reach out to me. I am bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft and your host of Bankruptcy 101.